Hey everyone, I'm Alicia. And I'm David, and on this episode of The Parenting Show, we're going to be talking about the basics of a toddler bedtime routine. Bedtime routine. That's Honestly, that's probably one of the questions I get asked about the most is sleep or bedtime or how do you get a bedtime how do you get them to go to sleep how do you get them to stay asleep and um so i i've broken it down to three in my opinion super easy and simple tips and ways to make the bedtime process easier for everybody yeah and one of the first things i like to tell families is we can't physically force our toddler to sleep like you can put them in their bed you can do whatever you want but you cannot actually force a child to sleep you couldn't force me to sleep i mean you could force me to sleep for me well i could ask you and you would would willingly (laughs) but um no so anyway um and so i really like to kind of eliminate the time structure from this slot. I, I don't really worry about the, you know, you must be doing this by 6.30 and this by 7 and this by 7.30. I really try to focus on an actual routine so that you have a, a rhythm or a flow so that, you know, whatever your routine is, whatever your day is, the actual flow for bedtime is the same, regardless of if you're doing your bedtime at 6.30 or 8.30 or 11:30 the flow is the same for you and your child which is going to actually be better for them in the long run than being consistent about focusing more on your times it's the routine part that's key here so, so you're drawing a line between what we could call a schedule which is mm-hmm. tied to the minutes on the clock versus like a, a routine or an order of operation or a like a flow, like you're saying, right. where it's just this happens, which means then this is going to happen next. Right. And that's better for the toddler. Than I think it's better for the parent, too. Better for the parent. Really, Kat? Let, let me get this guy out of here. All right. Because <sighs> they don't have, like, a strict biological clock, right? They don't, they're not like, hmm, it's eight. Like, the cat knows when... Well, even the cat is routine-based. Like, when he sees us wake up, it doesn't matter if it's 4, 5, or 6 a.m., his routine starts. Now it's time to bother you until I get my food. Mm-hmm. Not to compare toddlers to cats, but... There's a lot of similarities, know. though, if well, we're really honest. Because then, yeah, so so basically yeah. what you're going to be saying is based on that premise. That right. It, it's more, there's a more powerful way to approach it from a routine base right. than a schedule. Yeah. Right. So, do you want me to go into my first tip, or do you want to add yeah, anything? Yeah, no, that? That, that sounds okay. great. I like it. Okay, so my first tip is most toddlers need a transition from daytime into nighttime, and I think like this is kind of stems from my understanding, uh, just observing toddlers. We have all day long where it's play, 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 play. You know, regardless of if they're in daycare or they're at home or they're 
out or they're with grandma or wherever. It's so play-based so that the idea that now I have to just stop playing is really, it's a difficult transition for them. And like, think if, you know, you were watching a movie and you had to turn off your movie like in the middle of it, like you wouldn't like that. That would be really difficult for you. And so that's kind of the same difficulty that our toddler has. So I like to find something super easy to help transition from day into night. And one of my favorite tricks I guess, is to vacuum because in order to vacuum, you need to clean up all your toys. You you have to clean up your things so that we can vacuum. Toddlers love vacuuming. Like, I mean, now granted, some toddlers are afraid of the vacuum cleaner, but most toddlers, when given the option, like, do you want to push the vacuum? Most toddlers, like, get all into it. They're like, yeah, I want to be a helper. Well, now... So you're transitioning them, they're cleaning, I mean, they're vacuuming for you, they're doing chores, it's awesome. And now you have your entire room cleaned up and the floor has been vacuumed, all the toys are put away. Obviously you're not going to be like, okay, go back to playing. It's a perfect transition yeah. into my my next step. You know, it's it creates this great area to to get into um, something else. Other families do, you know, we're going to do family cleanup now or after dinner they turn off the TV and play some quiet music or they do dim lighting or, you know, other subtle signals to transition. And You might have said it when I was dealing with the cat, but bath time too. I don't know if you mentioned bath time. Not yet. No, Not yet. Okay, that's coming. All that's right. coming. We're coming. I wasn't sure if that was... So... Sorry about the cat. <laughs> If he's making a lot of noise, I don't know. So, so yeah, so that is my step one, is transition from day into night. And then my second thing is to do something calming. You want to find an activity that really kind of forces our children to kind of settle down, to be still. Um, I know families that do Play-Doh at the table even, just to kind of force the child to be sitting still and to calm themselves. Um, I really like to do books. Um, I mean, Sophie will grab a ginormous stack of books sometimes and we just, we will read books. That is what she wants to do. And um, a lot of people do baths in this slot, you know, the whole calming down and the warm bath and all of that. And I think that that can be a really great um, thing to calm your toddler down. But I also want to point out when you get your you and your toddler so used to the expectation of bath times, well, now let's say you have to go to the grocery store after work and, you know, you're not even getting home until 7 30, 8 o'clock. Your toddler hasn't even had dinner and now they're expecting a bath because that's the normal routine that you've set up. Or you can't get or them to transition because they're, transition they're, because they're so trigger. used to, to that thing being the thing that transitions them. Yeah. So, um, you know, really just kind of evaluate you and your family's schedule and how realistic is that for every every night for yeah. you guys to do. Like, right. that might not actually be as much of a good thing as you think it is. Right. Right. That makes sense. I thought you were going to say something else. No. 
So, um, and then I'm going to hop right on into my third step, which is something for them to kind of remember, or really just a few minutes alone with you. So you've cleaned up everything. They have a nice transition. They know all the toys are put away. You've done something calming. Um, like for us with Sophie, it's typically books. We read books before we go to bed. And then I just spend a few minutes kind of talking with her. And some days it's five, 10 minutes. Yeah, It's never really more than that though. Like she's really easy to get falling asleep. Now I will say granted, you know, we're still we bed share, but at the same time, it's eight o'clock, we're filming this, she's clearly not here, so she's able to go to sleep, be asleep, stay asleep. Mm -hmm. um, but creating that little tiny window of individual time with your child really, first of all, they're craving it. They, they don't care, like they want time with mommy, time with daddy, time with, like that's what they want. And so even those few minutes, tell me about your day, or I had so much fun coloring with you, or you know, things like that. Like when I was a kid, my parents used to, like it was my dad, it was typically my dad who would do this because my mom had been home with us all day long, and so my dad would do bedtime typically, that was like, his thing and so my mom would you know she would clean up dinner dishes or just go sit on the like read or watch tv or whatever but my dad would do bedtime and one of the things he would do with us was um he'd call he would give us dreams and it would be um you know take your favorite movie like you know oh you and Belle from Beauty and the Beast are in the castle and you're reading books in the library together and I don't know and you find a cat and now you and Belle take care of this cat and what should the cat's name be and like that little bit of personalized attention that little bit of you know conversation and also like memory something fun to think about something that wasn't overly hyped up, you know, that left me most nights with this, like, I was able to go to sleep pretty easily because I, I wasn't overwhelmed with anything. I had spent time talking um, with my with my dad and I was able to go to bed. I mean, I remember, I mean, three, four, five years old being, having this and being able to go to bed pretty chill, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that really that those few minutes of conversation also kind of like lets your toddler get everything out like sometimes like like you know when you you're up late and you can't sleep and you've got a million thoughts running through your head and you know just now you're up till 2 a.m scrolling through facebook because you're just thinking so much like that little bit of conversation time with your kid makes them get out all their feelings and thoughts so that they're actually able to chill chill out you know? Yeah, and it, it it sounds like it would have a, a huge impact on their ability to process their day and their thoughts and just, mm -hmm. you know, sort it all out and mm -hmm. it's like that record that was playing of their day just kinda like mm -hmm. winds down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're leaving like the parent leaves the bed environment and it's like it's calm, it's peaceful. It's not like it's time for you to go in your bed now. Bye, see you in the morning. You know, like, 
they've had a chance to connect they've had conversation and okay well you know it was so great talking to you I'm so glad you had a fun day or oh my goodness that was that's such a silly story for us to think about and I'm gonna go out into the living room now and you lay down and think about that story or remember what we talked about and I'll see you in the morning real soon and that really just creates this like calming peaceful environment so bedtime doesn't become this nightmare chaotic scream fast because yeah it would be something to look forward to because it's such a like it's something fun like yeah with your parent yeah yeah so those are my three tips i guess so so first would be to to transition transition the day whatever you know whatever that means closing blinds vacuuming turning off technologies mm-hmm. or just kind of stepping into another chapter mm-hmm. and then um but I, I i like that you you attach i don't know what you'd call it but like um psychological like triggers like oh every time we vacuum that means it's bad time like that just becomes a connection <laughs> right um and, and they say that about like i don't know i think of like studying tips where they say to like study like when you're like they have a study lamp and you only turn that lamp on when you're studying so like that kind of tells your brain that you know oh it's study time because we just turned on the study lamp like i don't know if that's yeah. true or not i've read that i think it makes sense. it does make sense i feel like that in a way that i've seen that happen just haphazardly so i feel like for a toddler they're so impressionable that mm-hmm. if you set up that environment change for them they're gonna follow along with that change mm-hmm. maybe it would take a few days or a week or whatever but mm-hmm. um, yeah most families that start from no bedtime routine or no bedtime system at all to starting this I would say um, in my experience most families I've worked with a week maybe yeah you know if you're consistent if, if yeah. consistent yeah right and everyone's on the same page right yeah right. Uh, and then the calming and and I know like with Sophie for something to remember like talking about her day I've heard her in there with you talking and and Mm -hmm. she's just always down to talk about her day anyway Mm -hmm. Um, she's just down to talk like socialize hang out she's like yeah I wanted to talk a little bit about the other person's role in all of this Mm -hmm. um, because it's easy to think that there isn't a second role uh, it's mm-hmm. easy to dismiss yourself if, because for a long time I was at work until uh, ten ten thirty at night, a good maybe, you know, at one point four four nights a week, um, and so I was basically not here for mm-hmm. the bedtime routine part of things, and so, um, and actually I was for a while there I was working a lot of dinner. I worked at a I restaurant say, and like, I'd be gone until ten. Like, five nights a week for a a while but sometimes six um so that basically meant i had nothing to do with the bedtime routine Mm -hmm. so you could think that that's like an exemption card Um, but i actually don't call it i don't think it's an exemption so i I break this down to basically direct versus indirect or primary versus secondary if you're the other person then you are either going to help directly or indirectly so what i mean is when i was working at night that was indirectly yeah. helping because yeah. i'm still helping the family by working mm-hmm. that counts mm-hmm. you're you're not helping so so like you're doing something for well, like maybe the family unit so if you're in school and you're at class like mm-hmm. if you have a night class after work like that counts like you're 
you're contributing to something that the future basically of the, the future of the family is impacted by mm -hmm. that in a yeah. basically primary, basically positive way. And so that counts. Uh, you're helping indirectly. You're actively being involved. But then there's also direct. So like when I stopped working at night um, and I'd be home seven, it depends. Uh, my schedule is a little bit different now, but like I'm mostly here now for the bedtime thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I know for a little while I was the one doing baths, um, but that's not an integrated part of our system for bedtime because it was inconsistent. But um, I'm, I directly help at that point because then if, and it's not directly helping in the routine, but it's directly helping her because when she is done with the routine and has to come out here and like clean the kitchen or fold laundry or put away toys or empty the litter box, take the trash out. Like these are all things that have to get done. So I'm not, I'm directly helping by cleaning the kitchen, by making myself useful. I'm, I'm here I, and I'm putting myself to some sort of work. Hmm? I, I wouldn't go as far as saying that it's like, helping me it's like you're that's just true. contributing to that's the true because like, that implies that like that this is all that it's all on you and right. i'm here to help you yeah that's not a like, good way of looking at it no that's like true. i would say like you're looking around and being aware and contributing to well and that's the thing too is i'm stepping into the i'm i'm identifying that i actually am part of the household mm -hmm. and the dirty kitchen is my kitchen too yeah the laundry that's not folded yeah actually might literally be my laundry that's not folded and if it's not mine it's still laundry that's in my household so yeah it's our household and so mm -hmm. uh that's actually a key distinction too is that i caught myself in the mindset for a little while um where i actually psychologically felt like i was and i didn't feel like but i i came to realize i was acting like a child living in my own adult household with my family I feel like a lot of people might be doing that. So it's important to actually own the fact that you are part of your household mm -hmm. and that it is your household. And it's like, like when you're growing up and you have your room, well, now your whole home is your room. And so yeah. it's, it's under your jurisdiction, whether you share it or not. And so that, that, yeah, yeah I'm not helping you, but I'm participating in my own, mm -hmm. uh, tidiness and, and clean, cleanliness. Mm -hmm. So then you're, but I'm directly helping that though. Mm -hmm. And so what does not fly is actually before I get to what doesn't fly, I want to talk about indirect for a minute. Um, if you are going to the gym or if you are doing homework, that doesn't count. And here's why, because those are things that you can do at other times of the day. So if you know you have a bunch of homework that you're doing because you're taking classes, or if you know that you, it's important to you and your personal development, which does help the family if you're taking care of yourself, if you know you want to do that, then schedule that in another time of day than like evening crunch time when it's bedtime and, and like clean up time. Like when your household is going through a transition, that's probably a time to be around, to be helping yeah. and, and yeah. you know, in the field doing work, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that, that to me, it's like wake up earlier and work out or work out later at night or like figure it out. Um, I think time management becomes a necessity when you're For when sure. you have a family and you're more For busy. Sure. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of personality you have. You have a duty to be. You have a duty, a responsibility, an obligation to your family to do what you need to do. And so, don't be working out and doing your homework at a time when you should be contributing to your household directly. Um, so that's why going to class 
is an indirect. I say that counts. You're, you're, you have to be in class, but sure. not homework. Sure. But then what doesn't fly is recreational activities. Like if, if you're okay. now within recreational activities, if you just got home, you shouldn't be. I think we've talked about this briefly. Okay. Is that I shouldn't like if I just got home, I get a break for a brief moment. Like, like walking in the door when I'm in the middle of yeah yeah. Like so, sure. I shouldn't I'll walk in that. from a day of work for sure and not have a minute to like transition myself into now I'm at home. Like I should be able to like take off your shoes. Don't take forever though. Clothes. It's on me to get through that as quickly as possible so that I am home and in a good mindset to be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And I think it's to some degree on you not to throw everything at me when I walk in. Yeah. And this is a conversation that you have to have. And it also depends on your personality. If you're someone that walks home and you're immediately ready to work, some people are just like 100% energy all the time in the moment and they're able to just move right into that transition. Other people are not. So figure it out for yourself. But mm-hmm. um, recreational activities would mean don't be playing video games or going... And I just say video games because that's such an easy reference. Yeah. Playing video games is not bad. Just like fishing is not bad. But don't fish. Don't go fishing when your wife is at home with a bunch of stuff to do around the house and you're not being helpful. Um, Yeah. And also I wanted to mention indirect would mean too like if you're doing something that needs to be done around around the home like fixing something that only you can fix or you know like just put yourself to work and be productive in some way. Don't do nothing when there's something to do. As the, as the other yeah. person not doing it, that's all. I, that that's my yeah. piece on that. Is like set yourself aside as much as possible. And this is this is like my journey right now. Is like getting to this point because I am a very um, independent person and I like to do my own thing. And so to have to to set myself aside and actually do something I don't want to do. Uh, is hard for me and so having to clean the kitchen and like take out trash and empty the litter box like when I would rather be watching YouTube or something that's actually a huge thing for me and I'm I'm actively trying to be better at that Uh, but that doesn't mean that the message of this this is true for me as much as anybody right Um, and it's a daily battle like every day what are you doing to help and during a bedtime routine that's a perfect opportunity to help your other person who is helping your kid go to sleep, that's a perfect opportunity for you to help them. And and I say help you again, but... Um, Contribute. But it makes you happy when you come back out and, and things look good. I find out things, things have look been good. done. Yeah. yeah. And that makes me happy. Which, so, by the way, you got, y'all, this house has been looking fantastic literally every single night this week. He has cleaned the kitchen. He's vacuumed. Um, I mean, like, gosh, I've, I've caught him, I've caught him folding laundry two, maybe three times now. Like, y'all, he is stepping up hard This brings up a good right point, now. actually, and I know y'all. we're going, we're about to go a little long, but I wanted to say thank you, but, uh, it's my pleasure to do that. Um, I didn't used to want to fold Sophie's clothes, and this is like, we did a video <laughs> on, uh, differing opinions and like how to be on the same page. I was of the opinion that because there are so many little tiny pieces, tiny articles of clothing for a little kid, that we should just have a bin system and have like just throw it all in there and make folding that laundry so much easier, be more efficient at the expense of it being, I guess, more wrinkly. But I figured it's for, for a baby or for a toddler, do that. But but you've always wanted to fold these, you know, little pants and little shirts. It's like I'm trying to fold these things. <laughs> and so I was just like, well, I'm not going to fold it then. Like, 
you know, I don't, yeah. I'm not going to fold that laundry. You don't want to do this other system that I think is a better idea. And we kind of like did the wrong thing and stopped talking about it. Mm-hmm. And now you're folding all those things. So recently when I've been stepping on my game, I've actually folded, I've folded little tiny articles of clothing despite thinking that it might be easier to just throw all her pants in like a pant bin or something. But, but she she does have a bin. She just looks for very specific pairs. And so it's easier for her to just <laughs> lift it up and be like, oh, it's that that's pair. True. Instead of dealing like... <laughs> she actually does pick out like, her clothes and is very meticulous clothes. about that. Yeah. yeah. She's particular. Several times a day. Yeah. So, it, you know, I've I've changed my position on that. Mm-hmm. I don't... I'm not bitter about it. It's cool. And that's why you should but, always be in communication. Right. Yeah, well, um, I think it's a great, I mean, as a person who has not spent my entire life with kids, like, when, when I found out this is how you roll, and this is, like, your your paradigm for bedtime, it's, like, Plus that, system. that is, is brilliant, like, because it's easy, like, anyone can do this, and it's so adaptable to any, anybody's uh, situation, like, mm-hmm. it's basically a, ba- it's a foundation to whatever you want to build on, so... Um, at least, you know, that's, that's my, my what opinion. I've been thinking. Yeah. And it certainly works for us. So, uh, anything else you want to add about, about bedtimes? No, no. Um, leave us a comment. Tell yeah. us, um, what's your bedtime routine? Like, do you have a bedtime routine? Um, is this something that you struggle with? Is this not a problem for you guys? Um, what you thought of this video? Leave Tell us, us what com- you think. Yeah. Yeah. Leave us a comment. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate it, and we, we really appreciate you being here. So, All right. Thanks, guys. See you in the next video. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.